Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Kincaid and Breckenridge. On today's show, we talked about this international meetup day that's being organized by pickup artist Roosh V. And uh, we didn't get a lot of phone calls on the topic, but we got a lot of really interesting text messages from really both sides of the argument. We also talked about advertising to kids. Quebec takes a pretty hard line on companies advertising to kids. But what's the harm, and how do we know when something is actually being marketed to kids in the first place? Be listening to the Kincaid and Breckenridge Show Monday to Friday, 930 to 1230, right here on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You know, I got to say this Lowe's buying Rona thing. I'm pumped. I'm a, Are you really? I'm a hardware store junkie, and that'll put uh, one of my preferred hardware stores near my house, as opposed to the one I don't like. I'm curious to see, because I have a Rona that's kind of close to my house, and then a Lowe's that's a little bit further away. Am I just now going to have two Lowe's to choose from, or I wonder if the... You know, it sounds like they want to keep the Rona stores, but if, you know, if you've got a Lowe's store and a Rona store right next to each other, I don't know, why, why would you keep both? Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. I'll I'll pay attention to what the analysts have to say about it after the show, but I'll tell you, if you're holding Rona stock this morning, you're a pretty excited person. Well, you should, maybe for now. For, I, for I'm, moment, yeah. uh, that's going to be a question I would assume is going to be asked to Justin Trudeau today. I, I think the liberals have been critical in the past that under the conservatives, a lot of foreign takeovers were approved. This is something that Lowe's tried before and was blocked. Mm-hmm. And given that Rona is a Quebec company, I, I think there's more of that nationalist sentiment in Quebec that Quebec companies need to be protected. So I, I don't know. I mean, will this go through? Is, is this going to be a, a, an easy approval? I'm, I'm not so sure. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll just bail out Rona. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Keep the trend moving, right? All right. Uh, let's uh, get on to our next topic now. Um, th- this... This segment might be a little bit different from other segments. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to talk about something that is, is controversial, uh, that being uh, self-proclaimed pickup artist Roosh V. However, this is not like a, a big opinion-driven segment. We're actually genuinely curious about this event that's to be taking place this weekend. Roosh V uh, is organizing this, what is it, Rob, this International Meetup Day this coming Saturday? Right. One of his websites is called Return of Kings, and so it's sort of the the Return of Kings, the ROK community. And th- this is a, a website that promotes what's known as neo-masculinity, this sort of new identity for men. And I, I think with that comes the perception that women are, are maybe not what they should be, and, and men are not what they should be. And, and so there's a way for men to, to build themselves up and become what men need to be. Is essentially, I think, it, it in a nutshell. Now, a lot of this comes back to the what's known as the PUA, the pickup artists, and uh, there are others like this who sell books and uh, tips on how to meet women, how to pick up women, how to get women into bed. And, and I think certainly Rushvi sells that. I mean, his his whole line of thinking seems to be that today's modern independent woman is not fit to be a, a spouse, is not fit to start a family with, and really is only fit for one thing. 
and hence the uh, here's how to get her into bed. So there are people that, that follow this. There are people who buy his books and follow his website and support his, his thinking. And I guess uh, Rouge V wants them all to, to get together on the weekend. It's an international meetup day, uh, 165 different places. That includes 10 cities in Canada, where essentially these people are supposed to go meet up at a certain time, say the secret phrase, and then, well, then what? Then hang out, I guess. Now, unfortunately, this has kind of been spun into, well, Rouge V is coming, and uh, I think a lot of people are under the assumption that this guy wants to come to Calgary, and should we let him into our city? He's not coming. These are people here, I guess, who already like him and know him and follow him who are going to hang out together, which they probably do uh, a lot of the time anyway. That's right. Yeah. We're trying to get Canadians who hang out together to stop thinking, apparently, is what the protest is. This is Steve Irving who joins us now. Steve, uh, correct me if I, if I step off the path here, pal. You're, you're one of the contacts for one of the Canadian meetups that's planned for this weekend? That's correct, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I, let's start with that question then. I mean, what are these meetups going to be? Well... The city I am in has had a men's group for a while now, and in one form or another that you kind of alluded to, this, this men's community has been around for a long time, and we haven't never had any problems or been the cause of any worries with authorities or of any kind. We basically get together, the, the format of the meetings that I hold here, uh, we get together in a round circle and we talk about, you know, men's issues, men's, right, uh, men's interests, including the, the things you mentioned, and the evolving role of men in society. Uh, that's broadly it, and we will discuss views and opinions of many writers and 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 and, uh, and people like Rouge, but not just Rouge. Rouge is one of them, but we don't we are not particularly pro Rouge or against Rouge. We are a place to discuss his ideas, and people in the group will agree and disagree with them to varying degrees. It's up to them. Okay, so this meeting Saturday is not necessarily going to be any different from any other meeting you might have had at any other time. Well, this one, it might be a little bit different because of disturbances, um, so it's become a little bit highbrow now, and uh, what, because of how some people into some segment of society might uh, interpret these groups, we're, we have to take, we're taking more precautions to make sure that none of our members uh, get, you know, slandered in the media, or, uh, you know, they don't get any calls that their, you know, their employers don't get calls, so they get fired, so these are the types of worries we're dealing with so we might have to you know it might be a more casual or more hurried meeting it's not usually on a saturday night which is you know not usually typically the nights where we meet but i mean essentially it would if things had been calmed in the same type of format yeah why why would employers fire you for going to one of these meetings well i mean uh, this has been i've I've never had the experience but i've heard reports that you know uh, you've and you've heard the the recent case with there was a recent law case uh, that that man who uh, tweeted uh, things that some women didn't like on, on uh, it was on Canadian news. And, uh, some people have been in the practice of you know saying this man is a chauvinist or a woman hater. Now I don't know to what extent these cases were true or not, or I don't know how extreme these these people who are making these accusations are or how reasonable they are. But employers getting a call that your your employer your employee is a chauvinist woman hater might not do great things for. For his reputation at the firm, and uh, honestly, who needs that? Well, that, that's a bit of a leap, though, isn't it? I mean, you're talking about a high-profile court case in Toronto where the individual referencing was eventually acquitted uh, by a that's judge. That's right. Like, the, how did it even get that far? I mean, like, we're, we're basing like just because of a few tweets, we we feel 
these women felt that they were had been harassed. So if the interpretation of harassment has gone this far, right? Just to some people, I mean, we're we're talking about interesting times. Now, I don't want to get stuck in the glue on this one, but the re- the reason it went that far is because these two women went to the police with a harassment claim, and they were they laid charges of harassment, and then it went to court where a judge acquitted him of harassment, saying, "No, in fact, you didn't harass these women. You might have hurt their feelings, but you didn't harass these women." I think that's really a totally different thing than a bunch of guys getting together and sitting in a circle and talking about masculinity. Well, well that's right. So we're we're being we're some people are calling us pro-rapists, uh, rape advocates. This is not the situation at all. The group does not right. uh, support or, or discuss any illegal activities. We do not promote or even tolerate violence against women or any talks of that. I've never had a member t- tell me about how he forced a woman into anything. We're really trying to help guys to, you know, and potentially disenfranchise guys, though I, I, to what extent they're disenfranchised. There's probably, we're probably not reaching out to all disenfranchised men out there. But to help them you know, deal with their their emotions, I suppose, and, 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 you know, get a healthy relationships going, at least the ones that make them uh, fulfilled. Okay, well, when you say healthy relationships, because it seems like a lot of followers of Rush V are more interested in, in getting women into bed than, than healthy relationships. Well, I mean, to the extent that the, right now the way modern society is working now, I don't, I don't know how things are in Alberta, but in, in my neck of the woods, having a casual sexual relationship with women is no longer, uh, you know, that will badly seen. That could be seen as a healthy relationship to many people here. So that's that's one form of healthy relationship. Okay, but what, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, there's a lot of women out there who and men who are interested in casual sex. We have we've seen this in you know the absurdities of apps like Tinder. Yeah. And 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 some guys are so in my group, some guys are very interested in having more traditional relationships, which is what Roosh kind of promotes a lot. He promotes the idea of going back to old times where mm-hmm. you know. You know, men are heads of households, women have a certain role, and, and there's people in my group who are, are kind of agree with this, and there's people who disagree, like, no, women should, we'd like the, the sexual emancipation of women, we're basking in this new era of sexual freedom, and we're enjoying it, and, and we just want to give them what they want, and, and that's it. Okay, obviously, when, when people talk about Rushvi, and, and obviously you've been seeing it in the news this week, he gets described as someone who's, who's pro-rape or someone who has called for rape to be legalized, and that obviously ups the controversy on this, that this is perceived as not just people who are pro-men or advocating for masculinity, but people who are advocating for rape. So what do you say to that, Steve? Um, well, when when Rouge came to Canada, I met him, and, and I, I actually asked him about that particular article. He told me it was satirical in nature. He has told, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what his final position on this is, and we can argue about it. Uh, I don't personally think that he's pro-rape uh, in the way that is being uh, described in, in many media. Uh, he is potentially not, uh, you know, ch- clearing that up very clearly because I feel that he's potentially taking, you know, some pages out of Trump's playbook and he basks in the controversy. It's a way to get his word out. And it's been very effective. You know, we're, you're having a, a radio discussion about the meetup. It's, it's been a, a topic of controversy and a lot of attention in many places in the world. So maybe that's one factor of it. Now, do I think he's that, do I personally agree with, uh, you know, should, that, that rape should be legalized? No, I don't know of any people in my group that do. Now, is the discussion that he had, what he, if it was satirical in nature, what he was alluding to was probably no, no more extreme than a pastor in, in maybe in some parts of the southern U.S. who would say, you know, women today dress like sluts. It's no, it's no wonder they would get raped if, and, and they drink so much and so on. Uh, we should probably, you know, they should probably 
dress more more modestly and and so on. Now that that it's that idea taken to the extreme where it says, well, if women are so so, and I'm not, I'm just trying to understand his point of view. Mm-hmm. If women are so easy to to call rape when they've had a few drinks and they regret what they've done, should should we not put more of the 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 uh, burden of proof on them or something? Okay. Um, yeah, I think that the, what's interesting to me about these these groups is, I mean, you, you talk about relationships and healthy relationships a couple of times. Rouge V is the one who's calling for this international meetup day, but it's kind of cl- clear to me, and, m- and maybe I'm not quite as, as well read on Rouge V as I could be. I'm only familiar with a lot of his books about how to travel the world and how to have sex with different types of women. And it's almost as though um, he sees them as a uh, subhuman form. Uh, basically there to to serve a role for men. Do you see it that way? And, and, and the, the examples I would give are him talking about how if you're traveling to Brazil, you should uh, try to have sex with the poor women from favelas. Uh, they're easier to get in bed, but the uh, the quality is not that great. Whereas if you're traveling to Denmark, you really shouldn't even bother. Women there are too coddled by the state. Uh, you don't even want to get involved with that. So... So the idea that a man would travel the world and give his opinion on which women and what part of the world are easier to bet is would you say that that's that you say that's seeing women as as objects and and we can agree with that. No, I, well, that? well, let me you ask me a question. So let me clear it up. And typically, I, I ask the questions here. But uh, no, I'm saying that writing a book and prospering on this information would be uh, seeing women as uh, subhuman. Subhuman. Um, well, let me let me put it this way: if if I write a book on how to best close a deal for selling dishwashers, and I and, and I'm an international dishwasher seller, and I tell you, you know, in Brazil, it's the, the market is 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 great. You know, there's a lot of demand for dishwashers, but in Denmark, the, the dishwasher demand is not there. I don't think you should, it's worth your time to, to go go to Denmark. Now, here we're not selling dishwashers. We're Essentially, also trying to get value. What is valuable to men? I suppose sex is valuable to men to some extent, and, and sharing information about how to achieve said said uh, uh, goal that are of interest to all men without promoting rape or harassment or, or disrespecting you know human rights and all these things. I don't see the problem in that particularly. I'm not sure if it's uh, I'm not sure if it's seeing women as as uh, as objects because obviously they should be getting something in return as well and some form of value from from having these consensual interactions with men. So I don't know to what extent they're seeing as objects more than we are. I don't know. But you just compared them to objects there when you use the dishwasher analogy. Sure, and maybe, and maybe you know, in, to some extent, all clients and all interactions in humans can be seen as, you know, goal-oriented. And if it's a goal-oriented, are we completely taking into consideration all of the facets of that person's personality and needs and demands? I don't know. So, I, 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 you, you have, you are, you know, as a talk show host, an object as well. To my extent, that's that's my understanding. We could get philosophical about it, but now, that's that's my answer. Okay, but in, I mean, in a nutshell, here, do you do you see this movement as as sexist, as anti-women? The movement. So, so I just want to clear up that my discussion group that I have hold here in my city is not uh, a political movement. We we just get to, together and talk about these things. Now, if you talk about the manosphere and the whole mass, neo-masculinity movement, if, if it can be called that, is it necessarily anti-woman? 
I, I don't see it as being anti-woman. My, the goal of my, of my group is to understand the role of women and men in society and to then decide what, how to, to manage this and how to deal with it. The, I don't see us as being in any place to change uh, the current political or gender environment. Uh, and if it did change, uh, I guess at that point we have to think, is men and women's rights, are they always in alignment? If one, if one wins more clout in, in the academic or political or legal landscape, is that at the cost of the other gender? And in that sense, uh, if we are simply pointing out at some points uh, some level of hypocrisy or some level of, you know, unsatisfaction with certain laws or certain practices or certain interpretations of, of masculinity in the media, and we're saying that's wrong, and that's at the, at the, at the expense of women's interests, then does that make us anti-women? That's, that's the question. Okay. Well, we do appreciate you uh, coming on with us here today and, and discussing these issues. Anytime. All right. That is uh, what we call him, Steve, wish to, to remain anonymous. He is uh, one of the local organizers of these meetups on uh, on saturday which again i mean the 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 timeline here in, in terms of why and how this suddenly became such a big issue because i i think that these these meetings have been planned for weeks and maybe this was simply rouge v looking to generate more attention around them because um you know you can go on his website and he's talking about you know the cities where these are going to happen and how these guys are supposed to hook up and or get together that is and he says i'm going to be at the the washington dc meeting I mean, Rushvi is an American. He's an American citizen, lives in the U.S. From Maryland. So that's his neck of the woods. Then out of the blue a few days ago, he said, yeah, well, you know what? I think I'm going to go to the, the meeting in Australia instead. And he took a screenshot of like his, his itinerary. Now, people in Australia say he hasn't applied for a visa or anything like that, but it was enough to let the story loose. People in Australia started reacting. We don't want this guy here. And I think it just called attention to the fact that these meetings are happening. So then you had Ottawa's mayor say, we don't want these guys. They're not welcome in Ottawa. And then she said, uh, what he said uh, goes double for Calgary and then Edmonton's mayor and Toronto's mayor. And I think people got tricked into thinking, oh, wait, this Rouge V is going to come here. Why are we letting this guy in? That's that's not what's happening. So I, is this stuff sexist, misogynist garbage? I, I think it is. Right. When they, when they put the stuff on their website, you know, like women are sluts when they sleep around, but not men because it's in their biology. Right. Or that uh, a woman's value is determined by her fertility and beauty. A man's value is determined by his resources, intellect and, and character. If you're promoting those notions, I, I think you're promoting uh, sexism, frankly. Now, our guest there says, hey, you know, some of our, our members, you know, we agree with Roosh on some things, not on other things. We're just men who want to get together and talk about getting late or getting a great job and look, if people want to get together in their free time and hold a private meeting and talk about such things. I don't know that's necessarily a concern to the rest of us, but it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know why people are so concerned just about the meetups. I mean, it's one thing if you say, hey, it's just a bunch of guys getting together to talk about stuff. Okay, fine. And we all have, wear pointy white hoods. Well, now there's an issue. <laughs> I don't see the pointy white hoods here. Um, but, but I don't know, maybe I see this, this, uh, microcosm of our society a little bit differently. 974-8255. You heard what Steve Irving had to say about this international meetup day that's being, uh, organized, if you will, by Roosh V and some of his, uh, his followers. 
Um, what do you think? What do you think about what you just heard? And what do you think about this? And there's some interesting text messages coming in as well that we want to share with you after this commercial break. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. All right, welcome back. Kincaid and Breckenridge, News Talk 770, talking about the return of kings, Rushby and his followers. One thing I, I forgot to ask the guy. They're very specific that it is only heterosexual men who are welcome at these these gatherings. I mean, if you're a homosexual man, I mean, can't you be a, a manly man? I don't know why why gay men are not welcome at these. Yeah, I would, because they don't want to get women in bed. I would think that, that uh, gay men could take part in the neo-masculinity movement, couldn't they? I mean, haven't... I don't know if masculinity is constantly They're evolving. even more masculine. They've decided we don't want anything to do with women at all. <laughs> Have you ever heard that Aussie comedian, by the way, who talks about how if you're gay, having sex isn't gay, but having sex with women is gay? It's, <laughs> it's too vulgar to repeat, but it is just funny. As, right, as so originally the plan was that these guys are going to get together at the, uh, at the core downtown at 8 o'clock Saturday night. And some people were pointing out, I don't even know if you can access it at eight o'clock at night but so what you were supposed to do originally was show up and say um can you tell me where the pet store is and then the other person would say it's right here and then you'd, you'd be you'd, you'd high five each other no now they've they've had to change that now you're supposed to email a certain person and then prove that you're a member of the community other that may, otherwise maybe you'd be registered at one of the forms or you can post a screenshot of a receipt for one of Rush V's books uh, so the the pet shop question won't work anymore, apparently. The, the, uh, yeah, I, I'm not ridiculing this group when I say this, but I, I feel like people, the, the asking where the pet store is is unnecessary. You'd probably recognize people, wouldn't you? Like if these are groups that get together, or is this like the foundation of the group? This is going to be the, the genesis of the organization here in the city. Um, the text messages that are coming in on this uh, are, are pretty interesting, and there's not a lot of... Let me say this. It's been less supportive of this group getting together as opposed to more supportive of this group getting together. Uh, people saying, um, this guy is the harbinger of the apocalypse. We need to stop validating these Neanderthals by giving them attention. Another texture, good Lord, this guy is a douchebag. Uh, another one, wonderful world we have. I would love to get this guy in a back alley. Uh, somebody seizing on the point that he, he compared... Uh, in the analogy of women, uh, compared them to dishwashers. If you wrote a book about dishwasher sales, Maybe we had someone who called the premier dishwasher. <laughs> right, it doesn't go well on this program for some reason. That but, was just odd. But I mean, the point that I was I was trying to get at though, if you publish a book and you sell it to men uh, about countries they can go to and strategies they should employ and where they'll find women that are easier to bed, um. And you, you profit by that. It's a completely different thing than if you're just telling your friends, like, hey, man, if you're going to Thailand, here's, here's the technique that I used. Well, there, there's something sleazy about the, the notion of, of deception. I guess if, you know, if you want to say, hey, I'm a, a modern man living in this age of sexual liberation, and you're a modern woman living in this age of sexual liberation, and we should just have unattached, uh, you know, unemotional sexual hookups. Well, okay, I guess to to each his own. But I, I think the notion that, like, for example, here's here's one of the tips from from Rushvi. He says an eating disorder often translates into a girl who's modest, fragile, and vulnerable. Instead of having to constantly wrestle with a difficult and obnoxious girl, you'll be dealing with a tastefully insecure girl who's eager to please and wants nothing more than your approval. 
So it just seems to be more about taking advantage of of certain women and here's what to say to them, that it's more about psychological trickery than just saying, hey, you know, I mean, we should uh, we should go hook up together. Right. So I, that's what I find kind of distasteful about it is just the the dishonesty and the, the manipulation. Um, we're going to stop down for the news to 1030. I'll be kind of I'll be I'll be frank. I'm surprised there's not more phone calls on this. I mean, here we had a guy giving us the insights of what goes on in one of these groups. And we're certainly being criticized for even giving him the airtime. How dare we speak about something that's going on in the world around you? Why Why much better it is to just be blissfully unaware. It's like you're the, the city manager or something. If the news wouldn't talk about it, it wouldn't be happening. But I think it's pretty important for us to talk about, you know, the people that walk among us. You certainly did want us to talk about groups that might be coming to Canada as refugees who have disparaging opinions about women. But when they're homegrown, don't even talk about it. Let's just pretend it's not happening. By the way, we weren't talking about it until four or five mayors in Canada decided to talk about it. It's hard to avoid it at that point. Nine seven four eight two five five. We're back with more right after this. Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. We're going to talk about the, the city manager, whether Calgary city manager is a little too outspoken. We'll get into that after 12 o'clock. But I guess this relates to McDonald's and, and Tim Hortons we were talking about. And I, I see this. You know, I got a kid who plays hockey. His first two years of hockey were essentially, we called it Tim Bits, had Tim Hortons on the jerseys. I even see it uh, now at the uh, the Adam level, McDonald's capitalizing on that because, uh, you know, so it says atomic on the jersey, so it's Adam, but the MC for McDonald's, and so they've kind of worked their logo in, into the jersey. Really? I, I, I always assumed it was just about the coffee. Parents watch hockey, they drink coffee. These companies want the parents drinking their coffee. But is, I don't know, is this marketing to kids? Well, that's a great question. Now, over there in La Belle Provence, um, they've got a Ontario? Little, uh, no, no, uh, Vermont. <laughs> in Quebec, they've got a little uh, um, festival underway, right? And they got like a ball hockey area happening. And it's sponsored by Tim Hortons. Now, in Quebec, it's an absolute no-no to advertise to kids. Yeah, they've, they've had a law for years. Yeah. The, in fact, in 1989, the Supreme Court up, upheld that law that bans marketing to kids. So you can't run, you know, the Lucky Charms commercial on Saturday morning TV. Yeah. Well, in that case, it was a toy company, too. Yeah. Or a toy, yeah. the Supreme Court case. So it's basically, though, is hockey a holy grail? Like, is, is that where the exceptions are to be made? By Tim Horton sponsoring this area where kids are playing ball hockey, are they violating this law? Maybe so. Right. Well, I mean, it's also funny because it's a, it's the name of a hockey player. <laughs> they could just drop the S and we're all fans of that, that great defenseman who played for the Maple Leafs. Uh, but yeah, but uh, the kids are all given jerseys that say Tim Hortons on it. And there's some, some logos that, that say Tim Hortons. So uh, at least uh, ostensibly this is legal because the Quebec government hasn't shut it, hasn't shut it down, but there's, there's a group in Quebec that has filed a complaint. Uh, let's get Matthew Johnson in on this conversation. Now, Matthew Johnson joins us, uh, uh, the Director of Education, Media Smarts Canada Centre for Digital and Media Literacy. Uh, Matthew, thanks for your time today. Good morning. So um, th- this notion then of, of advertising to kids, I mean, we're not, we're not necessarily going to ask you the questions about the legalities involved in the current situation in Quebec. But, you know, Rob brings up this point where if you got the advertisement on a on a Tykes hockey jersey, 
isn't that advertising towards their parents? Like, where's the where's the line, and how blurry is it? It's really blurry, um, and obviously that's something that uh, advertisers may take advantage of. Um, because one of the most important parts of advertising isn't necessarily promoting a particular product. It's uh, building brand loyalty. And before you can build brand loyalty, you have to make people famili- familiar with your brand. Uh, and we know that that starts very early. We know uh, from research that um, brand loyalties can be established as early as age two. Uh, and in many cases, these uh, Brands to which we become loyal early in life are the ones we prefer uh, as we grow up and, you know, throughout our lives. So in some ways, just making young people familiar with a brand identity, with a logo, or even the name of an advertiser uh, is a very important thing for um, advertisers to do in order to, you know, get uh, continued loyalty from customers. Right, and I mean, you know... Advertisers understand the value in that. There's a reason why they they advertise their toys, uh, you know, around kids' TV shows. And, and people will often say, well, you know, kids aren't the ones buying breakfast cereal, or kids don't go out and buy toys necessarily. But as you say, it's about making sure that when there's the opportunity for the parent to say, what kind of cereal do you want, what kind of toy do you want, that that's first of mind, right? Absolutely. And there's even a, a term um, in the industry called pester power. Uh, which refers to basically the the indirect purchasing power the kids have uh, because it does go beyond you know the parents asking kids where to eat or what to buy, but kids you know actively asking um, and again pressuring their parents asking for a particular one, saying that they want this particular thing that they saw advertised um, and you know direct appeals to do that. Uh, are against the um, the advertising standards uh, or the broadcast code um, for advertising to children. Uh, but we know that it's still a phenomenon, obviously, that when kids see an ad uh, for, say, McDonald's, they're not necessarily just going to ask their kids to take them out for hamburgers, but they're quite, quite likely going to ask their parents to uh, take them to McDonald's specifically. Right. And by the way, I think my mother should be credited with coining the phrase uh, pester power. She, <laughs> she mentioned it to me quite a few times as a youngster. But um, so I look at, at advertising that's geared towards children. And I guess, you know, toy commercials are, are a pretty easy example. Um, we have those sort of uh, lampooned toy commercials that we occasionally see on the comedy show or in the, the movie where it's like, tell your parents to buy this. And if they don't, they don't love you. But, I, but, you know, in reality, it seems to me that these kind of advertisements uh, are actually a, a lot more responsible, merely advertising how much fun it is to play with this toy, which I think is fair game. Do we find marketing that typically directed towards kids is quite ethical? Uh, well, I mean, that particular appeal, uh, you know, having an ad tell kids, you know, ask your parents for this, that is against the broadcast code for advertising to children. Now, that's a voluntary code mm-hmm. um, that most Canadian uh, advertisers and broadcasters uh, choose to follow. 
Uh, as you mentioned, the situation is somewhat different in Quebec, where there's actually a law uh, regulating advertising to kids. Um, but, of course, the broadcast code for advertising to children, it only applies to Canadian channels, and it only applies to television. So the ads that they encounter online, for instance, or that they encounter on American channels, uh, aren't subject to the same rules. Um, they may be subject to different rules. They may be subject to no rules at all. So, you know, when you look at Canadian advertisers, you can certainly say, as I said, there's a code of ethics, um, and we generally see ethical behavior. But we, that doesn't take away from the fact that it is still advertising. It's still aimed at kids, and that we have to prepare our kids to recognize when they're being advertised to, um, to understand the commercial nature of a lot of the messages they encounter. Um, so when we see, for instance, uh, a fast food company sponsoring hockey, um, you know, that they may have great motives for that, but it's also important that kids realize that they're not doing it purely out of the goodness of their hearts, that they are doing it for commercial gain. Um, because it's really important that kids recognize that the media that they use are almost in always to make money mm -hmm. and that's particularly true today as you know kids are using uh, you know going online and so many of the spaces that they're in online like Facebook or Twitter you know go to great lengths to hide the ways that they make money so it's important for us to be able to know uh, to make wise decisions in these spaces we need to recognize that these are commercial spaces and we have to recognize the ways in which they're making money off us and the ways in which they're advertising to us. You know, it's, and it's funny. I mean, even when, it, when ads aren't directly targeting kids. I mean, a great example was during the, the recent federal election and the lead-up to it. Uh, my kids are 12 and 9. And so whenever the, the adults would be talking about the election, someone would mention Trudeau. And the kids would, would chime in with, uh, he's just not ready. <laughs> he has great hair. <laughs> That's obviously that you know the the conservatives weren't buying ads on on uh, you know YTV or anything like that. But but kids pick up on that stuff, right? They're impressionable. Yeah. Well, uh, although one of the things too is that a lot of the ad purchases that happen online um, are are algorithmic, which means that when you watch, let's say, a video on YouTube, uh, when there's an ad before or after it. Most likely the advertiser didn't buy space around that particular video. But something about that video and quite likely your viewing history told uh, YouTube to show you that ad. Uh, and sometimes that can go really quite spectacularly wrong. Uh, so if you have been watching, let's say you're interested in the... Uh, in the election, and then your kids watch whatever they like to watch, whatever videos they like to watch on YouTube. Um, well, the computer doesn't know, and YouTube doesn't know whether it's you watching or YouTube watching, and so they may be showing uh, videos uh, from you know election uh, ads, uh, or indeed all kinds of things that are you know, significantly less appropriate for kids, you know, beer ads and. Uh, things like that. And there, we've even had some cases, although they do generally a good job, but there have been a few cases where significantly inappropriate ads have been shown are either around um, kids' videos or even on kids' websites. Well, and it's funny because, you know, I mean, um, you know, Rockstar or Red Bull, companies like this, or even beer companies, they, they get accused of marketing to kids. And, you know, examples will be, well, they sponsor Hockey Night in Canada, or they sponsor like this snowboarding competition. Um, but that's not necessarily for kids. Kids might watch it. 
So how do we define marketing to kids in the first place? Well, that's a difficult thing to do. I mean, that is obviously one of the major issues um, that's come up in Quebec. Um, and it's still an issue. Uh, it's an issue a lot of places. Um, so we have, for instance, in the United States, there are rules, different rules that websites have to follow if they're aimed at youth. And so some websites that are very popular with youth, like Facebook, uh, go to significant lengths to try to keep themselves from being defined as a youth website. And I think what that really shows us is that, you know, while regulation, whether it's government regulation or industry self-regulation, definitely has a valuable role to play, in the end, what's most important is that we're talking to our kids, we're helping to teach them to recognize when they're being advertised to, um, and helping them to, to decode advertising, to understand the messages and understand what goes into making them. I guess uh, last question in all this, uh, if we do prevent, say, Tim Hortons in this case from sponsoring Timbits Hockey, are we kind of throwing out uh, somebody who subsidizes hockey for, for, for a lot of Canadian families? You know, I, that is a good question. It's a little bit uh, outside of, of what we address, um, uh, but it, does, it helps to show how complicated this issue is and, right. again, why it is that it's so important that – uh, we provide kids with the critical tools that they need um, because there's no getting away from advertising. Even if it's not on TV, um, it's online, it's all around us uh, as we see it. It's, it's sponsoring uh, the events that we go to. And so that's why we have resources for parents like uh, our website Talking to Kids About Advertising, which is on our uh, website, mediasmarts.ca, and to help parents have these really vital conversations with their kids. Yeah, that's an important point. Mediasmarts.ca. Matthew, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate this. Thank you. All right, there you go. Matthew Johnson, Director of Education with Media Smarts, Canada Center for Digital and uh, Media Literacy. That, that critical thinking, understanding, helping kids understand, you know, that, that um, ads are, you should be taken with a grain of salt. And and that's important. And to understand what, what advertisers are trying to do, the way they're trying to make you think, and to not necessarily get caught up in in, in the moment. All right, we're going to just take a pause here. Come right back. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge. This is News Talk 770.